You're listening to Of Saints and Sorrow, a podcast exploring faithfulness to Christ at this turbulent, revealing, and divisive moment in history. So before we get to the main part of the show, I have a little bit of an announcement to make. Of Saints and Sorrow is now an official podcast. I know when I first started, I said I was going to do five episodes with maybe a sixth bonus episode, but I've decided to keep it going. So if you could help me out by subscribing, by rating, by leaving a review, by sharing with anyone who you think could be blessed by the podcast, that would be absolutely amazing. I've also set up a Patreon account. I'm really hoping to improve my hosting capabilities to get the podcast into more places and actually open up my capabilities with regard to interviewing guests. So right now I'm looking to get to $35 a month. I do have a $1 tier. So if 35 people gave $1 a month, I'd be able to do everything that I'm looking to do right now. So if you're interested in that, head over to www.patreon.com slash of saints and sorrow and here's the rest of the episode hi everyone and welcome back to of saints and sorrow i know it's been a while since i've been here first of all i want to apologize for the delay um basically all i can say is that as we've been trying to figure out how to do these episodes, how to make the content as relevant and as useful as possible. Um, I've, I've kind of been sitting back and watching how the world continues to turn around us. And there are a number of things that I wanted to speak about. There are about three other episodes that I have planned and ready to go. I have the outlines all done, but at the time, none of them actually felt right. And what I'm realizing now is that it was a, it was a timing issue. It was, an, it was an issue of the order of the episodes. So today, I think it's going to be a relatively short episode, but it's actually setting the stage for the next two or three episodes that come after it. Um, this episode, Put Down Your Stones, is about the way in which we talk to each other. You know, this is 2020. I think I mention this every single episode. 2020, the strangest year of all strange years. And the fact that we are in what some would call a global health pandemic and what some would call a great hoax perhaps says everything that needs to be said about the divisive time that we're in. And in the midst of that, one of the things that's been taken away from us um, to a very, very large degree is our ability to congregate, to talk to each other, to socialize with each other. And not just that, many things have given us some form of enjoyment, going out to restaurants, going to the movies, watching sports. Um, I could name any number of things that that used to fill us with joy, used to um, provide some break from the rat race, however you want to describe it. Uh, all of those things have been taken away from the taken away from us. All of them have been disrupted, and now, if we want to talk to each other, for a lot of us, we resort to Facebook or something similar. And every time I go onto Facebook, every time I go onto social media, I don't have to, I don't have to look very hard to see some people engaged in some kind of back and forth. And more often than not. 
It's about an inflammatory issue that has led these two people to talk to each other in a way that is dehumanizing, in a way that is hurtful, in a way that is mean-spirited. And that's why I thought it'd be a good time to to, to just have this episode, put down your stones. Um, what I want to say, first and foremost, is that when I say put down your stones, what I'm not saying is that it'd be a good idea for us to stop endeavoring to be truth tellers you know uh, as the next episodes come out in the next couple of weeks it'll become very clear very quickly that i am by no means advocating for an end to truth telling but what i do want to do and what i do think should be addressed is the way in which we speak truth chris valentin says a lot is that there's a difference between speaking the truth in love and loving to speak the truth and for whatever reasons i've been I've been more and more distressed by the harsh, mean-spirited, non-edifying form of uh, of true, so-called truth-telling that I've been seeing. And again, what I'm not saying is that we all need to sit around in a circle and sing kumbaya each other and pretend that the lack of tension means that we have the presence of uh, agreement. I am not saying that at all. What I am saying is that if we start resorting to name-calling, if we start resorting to uh, dehumanizing, if we, start resp- if we start resorting to any, any of these things, then we, as a company of believers, we are in the world and of the world. There's a reason why Jesus warned, warned us so harshly against calling your brother and sister, you fool. There's a reason why we are instructed not to have unwholesome speech coming from our mouth. There's a reason why the power of life and death is to be found in the tongue. There's a reason why James says that to tame the tongue is to keep your whole body in check. This is something that is supposed to be important to us as followers of Jesus. And for whatever reason, it seems as though many of us have lost sight of that fact as we as we wrestle with each other, as we grapple with each other, each other over who has the correct worldview, over who has the the best mindset, over who is right. And again, I'm not saying that there will never be the presence of disagreement. I'm not saying that we all have to agree, agree about absolutely everything, but I, I, I have been increasingly concerned about what I've been witnessing in terms of the stone throwing that I'm seeing. And the keenly perceptive among you will probably have tied the title of this particular episode to the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. Uh, a quick recap for those of you who can't remember at this moment in time. Jesus is, uh, sorry, a crowd of religious people bring a woman, and not the man for whatever reason, bring a woman who has been caught in the act of adultery to him, saying, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? And this is essentially a test, because the law says that this woman should be stoned in the presence of all of them because she has committed adultery. But Jesus, long, too long didn't read, um, Rather than saying that, he says, "Those whoever has not committed a sin, 
whoever is perfect, whoever is blameless, whoever is blemishless, whichever one of you who has not committed a sin, you can be the first one to throw the stone. And he waits as he writes in the ground. And one by one, those who came with murderous intent leave. And there are lots of ways to interpret this particular incident. There are lots of things that I could say. There are lots of things that people much more learned than I have have read into this particular story. But one thing that I think would be good for me to to highlight is that in many ways this scene is Jesus holding up a mirror to the people who feel as though they are upholding the right and the righteous because he says he doesn't he doesn't say no you're not allowed to do this he just says hey if you haven't this woman is in the wrong essentially and he addresses the wrong that she was in at the end of this particular incident this woman's in the wrong but only the one who has never done any wrong can be the one to inf- to hurl the stone at her, to inflict the hurt. And because of that, none of them can stand in his presence anymore. They all leave, as I've already said. And that's one of the main things that I want to bring attention to. So much of the mean-spirited talk that I've been seeing revolves around the idea that I am right and you are wrong. And because of that, I get to speak to you however I choose and however I see fit. But here's the thing. You might well be right and they might well be wrong. But does that mean that in this particular instance, because you are right, and that's assuming you are right, that you do have the privilege of throwing stones? As you hear people say these things that anger you and frustrate you, as you hear people hear a report of people doing things that you find unhelpful and dangerous, they might well be wrong in what they're doing. But does that give you the right to pick up your stone and hurl it at them? And I would argue no. I think one thing that we should not overlook, and I alluded to it before, is that most of this is happening over... Facebook. Most of this is happening over the internet, where we don't get to be in the presence of the per- person we are hurling stones at. And the internet is a wonderful thing, but it's also a dreadful thing. And I'm sure no one who is hearing me say that is surprised. But and this, as I was thinking about this episode, I suddenly remembered a short news piece that I watched. It must have been at least 15 years ago. It came to mind out of nowhere. And I feel like it bears some relevance for today. And at the time, there were were concerns in the UK about a spate of youth stabbings where youth, some gang affiliated, some not, were stabbing each other. And they interviewed one young man who who was anonymous. And this young man was talking about the difference between shooting someone and stabbing someone. And funnily enough, he said that stabbing someone was actually the, mo- the more psychologically damaging because he, he, what he essentially said was that well, if you shoot someone, you can shoot someone from far away, you pull the trigger, that's it, and you're gone. 
But he said, when you stab someone, you have to be way up close to them. As you feel the as you as the knife as the blade, sorry, penetrates their flesh. He said, you can feel bone, you can feel sinew, you can feel everything because you're right there and you're connected to the moment. And I think that as we go about on social media doing all that we're doing, I wonder if we aren't taking the posture of people who are carrying guns, who are somewhere who can pull a trigger and feel detached from it. And it would be worth remembering that the person on the other side of that particular social media message is a human being with flesh, sinew, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And I've actually seen this play out in my own life as well. To say that I am not a, an apologist of President Trump would be an understatement. Um, I, I might well dedicate an entire episode to this in the, in the future. Um, I do find a lot of the positions that he takes on things to be confusing. I find them to be hurtful. I find them to be damaging. Um, and at around the time that he... It was actually on the day that he was getting inaugurated. I was shocked by the fact that he got elected. And then his inauguration was happening. And at the time... To be honest, I ha I bore a lot of resentment in my heart towards President Trump. Uh, it, it might not it might not be too far to say that I I I harbored a level of hate towards him. And I was watching the the proceedings. I was watching everything unfold leading up to the inauguration moment when he would become the president of the United States. And I was pacing up and down in my living room, praying, trying to pray figuring out how to hold my heart in the midst of everything because I knew for a fact that I did not like this man and here he was about to become president with all the fanfare with all the pomp with all the adoration that came with it and as I was praying I suddenly imagined myself meeting him in person and in the picture that unfolded in my mind it was as if I was going to his house he opened the door, he said hello to me, and he welcomed me into his house. And in that moment, there was something about seeing him as a person and not just as a set of ideas on the TV or on Twitter that really softened my heart towards him. Because what I realized was that I had lost sight of his humanity. And it was only when I recaptured that, that I was able to, that my heart was able to soften towards President Trump that I was able to stop hating him, and that I was able to pray for him earnestly, which I still do every time I remember to. I had regained sight of his humanity, and as such, I was able to drop my stones against this man, and to, in whatever way I could, as best as I could, begin to love him. Now, does this mean I suddenly agreed with President Trump? No. Does this mean I suddenly think that the fruit of his time as president is something that is admirable? No. Does it mean that I've no I no longer find the the way in which many Christians are gleefully supportive of him, despite the fact that he seems to stand contrary to so many of what we claim we hold dear as Christians, disturbing or upsetting? No, I don't. 
No, it doesn't, I mean. But am I hurling stones at him? No. So, as I as I wrap up today's episode, bearing in mind that I do want to speak about some pretty weighty stuff in the coming episodes, I just want to encourage everyone listening to, in whatever way, shape, or form that you can, take an honest assessment of yourself, take an honest assessment of the way in which you're viewing life. You might be one of these people who is finding yourself more and more frustrated, more and more prone to lash out at people on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, or Facebook, if you still use Facebook a lot. Are you hurling stones? Disagreeing with someone isn't hurling stones, but are you in the way that you're conducting yourself? Are you hurling stones? I can't answer that for you. I think that's a question that you'll have to answer by getting still, being quiet with God, asking your heart that question, asking God that question, and seeing what comes back. But if you do find yourself in the place where you think you are someone who is hurling stones, at whomever it is that you're holding this vitriol towards, I want you to close your eyes and imagine them in front of you. Do not lose sight of their humanity. To do so is to play into the hands of the deceiver and the accuser, which is bad, in case we didn't know. (laughs) But yeah, do not lose sight of their humanity. Remember that they, like you, are flesh and bones. They have parents, they have memories, they have frailties just like you. They have an emotional range just like you. And hopefully, as you recapture their humanity, as you remember that you yourself are prone to mistakes like they are, remember that you yourself have been a sinner at some point in your own life, just like you think they are being right now. As you remember all that, hopefully, you'll be someone who puts down your your stones and picks up love instead.